This week on Maroon and Bold, it is all about March Madness, and we might as well call it Mac Madness at this point. Keep it coming, because, baby. Because honestly, that's all it's about this week when it comes to Mac sports is the Mac tournament that's going on in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, it's going to go from the 13th to 16th between the women's and the men's tournaments both. Um, and both the Central Michigan Chippewas teams are in it now after CMU won the other night. And, well, I don't know, man, but this is my favorite time of the year. This is like Christmas for me. Um, I, I live for college basketball, and honestly, I'm – Pretty excited to get down there. We're recording this at 9, 9.20 on Tuesday. I got to get up at uh, 4.45 and drive down there for the first game tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, there's never been something that I've been more excited to wake up for. And I don't know how you're feeling about it, Evan, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. Both teams in the quarterfinals, obviously that's huge. And I know you got an early morning, so... You know, when this thing gets dropped, you better not have crashed your car by then. I know you'll be tired, <laughs> but you better make it because we need you there. And uh, and we really do need the coverage. And, and obviously, yeah, I mean, emotions are high. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I guess when I was younger. All right, we'll go there for a minute. Here when I was go. younger, it was it was basically my kind of slogan and my saying, you know, to, to my mom, my dad. You know, I would say, Mom, I can, I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my bones. And I don't know how normal that is for someone to say. I don't know if that's a slogan that people say, but either way, I, I came upon it and just decided to start using it. And, and March is in my bones. I mean, inject it into my veins. <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. Th this is what it's all about. And, and I understand, you know, for the men's team, I, I know we're going to talk about the women's first, but for the men's team, I know we had that first-round game here at McGurk on Monday night, and that was fun. That was That was a cool atmosphere, but it just didn't fully feel like March. Yeah. We talked about that. It's just not whenever you're playing at your yeah. own home arena, but this is something different. This is quick and loans arena. This is Cleveland, Ohio. This is different. Exactly. And not even, it's not even just us, right? You and me are excited to get there and cover this stuff just because we want to go cover a game in a professional basketball arena. These guys are excited to just go play in a professional basketball arena. I mean, it's a lot different of a setting. It's just overall a good time. But, yeah, tomorrow, Central Michigan, the women's team, will they'll start with uh, Eastern at noon. So they, they get that in their first matchup. Then CMU played in to play against Kent State. I mean, either way, that matchup was probably going to happen, mm -hmm. regardless of CMU. Got the fourth or the fifth seed. So we're probably going to see that game either way. Um, that'll be around 2.30 p.m. the next day on Thursday, um, March 14th. So, yeah, it's uh we're, we're we're getting down to it. This is where the games really matter, and essentially for the for the women's team, there's a you know a possibility they could make the NCAA tournament regardless. Probably will as long as they make it. I would say like to secure it, get to the championship game. If you get there, you're probably gonna get that bid no matter what to make it. Um, for the men's team, you gotta win the you gotta win the MAC tournament mm -hmm. if you want to do it at this point. Um, and they and they would have to play probably Buffalo in their in their game coming up after that. But we'll start with the women's team, um, here just in general and preview their game with Eastern Michigan. Um, Eastern's a team that comes into this right now as a, uh, a five or a number nine seed, mm -hmm. um, in this tournament and CMU, they, they, they beat them this year. Um, so you, you definitely give the advantage to the Chippewas in this matchup, but what are you looking at specifically, um, Evan, in this game that really, really sticks out to you that makes the Eagles, uh, a threat. I mean, I know it's a rivalry game, so that's something to look at in general already off the bat that, you know, this team Eastern's going to come in and give them everything they have, but just statistically and actually on the court. What, what, what could Eastern do to maybe pull this game off, or what are we looking for? Well, I guess I'll get to that in a second, but I guess the first thing that I actually have for you is looking back at Eastern's most recent game, obviously them being the number nine seed, Akron being the yes. number eight, Eastern won 61-59, and I, and I know there's that conversation that eight versus nine. Is that an upset? Does that count? Does a seven beating a 10, does that count? As, I mean, does a 10 beating a seven, does that yeah. count as an upset? What's your take on that real quick? Because that, that is something that I, I want to hear what, what you think about that. I know it's only one um, seed differential, but 
Is it an upset or I mean, or not it, really? it kind of depends on where you're coming from. I think when it comes to conference tournaments, those are pretty even teams. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're seated last. It, I mean, yeah, it's always considered an upset. Is it actually though? I don't. I don't really know. Seven ten. I'd say a little bit more. I think a ten seed beating a seven seed is a little bit more because a seven seed is usually a team that was like just not good enough to get the wins where they need to be to be in the top five, but they were you know outside of a ten seed. You're, I mean, you're in double digits at that point in your own conference. You're probably not that good, right? Eight nine, I think, is a little bit closer. But what, what, what's your what's your take here? No, yeah, I don't think it's an upset. Okay. But <laughs> just just to dive in though to what the Eagles bring to the table, it all kind of starts with Daniel Minnett, and she she is the she's the leader. I mean, she she's the one that is giving the ball in the clutch, and she's been around the block a couple times, so she understands you know what it's all about. Thirteen point six points per game. I think though the one thing that you have to understand with with this Eastern Michigan team is they don't have a player like Raina Frost who's going to grab all your rebounds. They have a ton of players who grab them in bunches. Let me just read down the list of, of their players that get you know at least some sort of significant playing time, and this is all rebounds per game. 5.6, 4.3, 3.4, 3.6, 5.9, 6, 3.3, 3.7, 4.9, and 4.4. So there's not anybody that really commands the boards like Raina Frost might or Jahari Smith for the Chippewas inside, mm-hmm. but they kind of do it all collectively as a group. And you want to look at scoring. It's kind of the same way. I mean, minute, like I said, she averages 13.6, but right behind her is Corin Cardwell at, at 12.8. And then Courtney Lewis at 11.1. And then that that's just kind of how it, how it shapes out. And then 7.8, 5.4 and 5.3. And then a pair with five points per game. They, they kind of do things in bunches. And I think that that is, you can exploit that, but you can also get burned by it, right? Because you take a team that maybe they're not star-oriented like CMU, where you have, you know, your, what we like to call the big three in Michaela Kelly, Presley Hudson, and Raina Frost. You know, those three, you know what you're getting night in, night out, no problem. Whereas the Eastern Michigan, you really don't know what you're getting. You know, in an off night from, you know, two of the top three scorers could be a, a big issue. Whereas, you know, Raina Frost is going to score 20 points. There's no, no, no one is going to contain her under thir- under 20 points. And, and that's something that, I mean, it almost feels like it's been a guarantee at this point, the way she's been playing lately. <laughs> I know the stakes are higher and, and the energy is different, but she's also a senior. She's been there. She's done that. Well, yeah, they know what they want to do and that's, they want to win the championship. I wouldn't look at Presley or Raina will not get shook in this atmosphere at all. I, I don't see that. Happening. No. And, and I guess the thing that I ask you though, is, I mean, from the outside looking in, you have two different teams who do two very different things when Everyone it comes down to scoring too. and rebounding and assists. They kind of all do it in bunches. CMU, they have their stars. Which one's better? I mean, well, okay. So CMU has three stars out of their five in the starting mm-hmm. lineup. Think about Eastern. I mean, sometimes that can work to your advantage, but you just said it. You know that no matter what for Central Michigan, you're going to have a player that comes out every single game and plays to their top ability. Like one of them, one of those three that you, you mentioned, at least Michaela Kelly, she might, you know, get called on at some point during this tournament to actually have to be that person. Too. She, and she, and she did it last year. I mean, exactly. she was the player that in the tournament is kind of when she sprouted to be like back that, to back that games to win it. Yep. Yeah. So that was like her moment to where she started to come alive. And that's, that's where you start to see this kind of stuff. So, when you say that with a different energy and everything else, that could be good for Eastern. You could you could have one of the couple of these players that don't usually show up for them or aren't as consistent. Maybe they will play because they know like this is it. You know, if we lose this game, we're definitely done for the year. Not playing basketball for this. But I also think that the rebounding matchup that you kind of mentioned that's pretty interesting as well because CMU is at second in the league at forty one rebounds per game. 
and you talked about Eastern Michigan, kind of does a group. They're at thirty eight point five. That that's almost similar in in every way. So both teams can rebound the basketball. I think whoever gets more second chance opportunities has a a better chance to win this game. I think offensive rebounds will be huge in this one. You have to give that tilt to Raina Frost, I think, just because of her size, her inner dominance inside. I mean, that's just how it goes. I mean, man, she she how many double doubles is it? 20, 27, 27, 27 yeah, I mean, out of thirty games. That's insane. <laughs> It's laughable. I don't. I it don't is. Know what and she you... averages a double double: twenty one point seven points, thirteen point five rebounds per game. That's her average. Who's going to stop that? I mean, yeah, is that is that even possible to you stop? Can't, you can't give Central Michigan second chance opportunities because this is where the big difference is. It's offensive scoring, like overall, Central Michigan number one in the league at eighty points per game. Eastern Michigan sixty two. You can't give an eighteen point gap second chances to score. You can't give them second chances to score in this game. And Eastern want, Michigan, they're Eastern. Well, Eastern Michigan's highest rebounder as far as the you know per game you know sorts go is six rebounds per game, and she averages five point three points per game and doesn't really play that often. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's it's just it's just almost <laughs> like common sense to go with the Chippewas here. And, yeah, no, yeah, and almost sure. say there's no competition, but. You know how March is, exactly. and it just kind of throws you for a whirlwind. <laughs> this would be one of those upsets that you really just would not expect to see coming at all, um, I, and, I, and I don't. But then again, it was a couple of years ago. I always mentioned this to you in 2000, I think it was 16. Um, it was my first year here when CMU came in as the one seed, and Western took them down in the, in the first round of the tournament when they had a chance in this kind of game. So you really never know what can happen. That team could bring it more that day, or the ball might not fall the right way. But that's, I mean... I always look back at that Western game and, and kind of bring that up as something that it, it very well could happen. You know, it's kind of funny. And as we kind of go through it and I was doing, you know, a little bit of research, I, I looked back to last year because I remember CMU and Eastern, they played in those in that quarterfinals. Eastern as the nine seed, got the win, moved on to play number one CMU. So same yep. scenario as this year. And man, oh man. I mean, I mean, let me just tell you, last year's game ended CMU 67 Eastern Michigan, 64. So it was down to the wire. It was a game that that literally went down to the bare bones of the the clock. I mean, it, there was no leader at any point in the game, and, and you want to even, like, look down the list. I mean, Cassie Breen had 14. Raina Frost had 14. Tanara Moore had 17. Michaela Kelly had 10. Presley Hudson had 10. And really, for Eastern... Daniel Minna, I mean, she went off for 27, and that's kind of how she got it done. She stepped up in that moment and and really provided a scare for CMU. And I know we talk about it, man, like over yeah. and over again. Anything can happen in March. And so I guess my point with that being I wouldn't be shocked if Eastern gave CMU a run for their money. I mean, they did it last year, and CMU arguably, well, I guess you could say probably had a better team yeah. last year, and <laughs> they gave them a run for their money. And yep. then they moved on and and – Yes, they made it past them, but they only ended up beating Miami, Ohio by three, and then they only beat Buffalo by five, and that won it. It's like those games play, are man. all close. People play for their lives out there. I mean, that's it's it's just unreal to think about how intense it's going to be, and hopefully it doesn't catch up to them. I mean, you got to realize you have Maddie Waters who came off the bench a little bit in the MAC tournament last year, but definitely we not can, as much. We can talk about the big three, Kira but Bustles, all, those players, barely. all those players matter. Yeah. You still have to play your game. You still have to be normal. And starting. It, a basketball team takes five on the floor. I mean, you have to have and Jahari something Smith out of those was in guys. High school. It's not always scoring. You just got to have yeah, – ex yeah, yeah, exactly. She was in high school. She's never seen this before. So, I mean, yeah, you have to get stuff out of them, and even if it's not points, you have to get quality minutes. You have to get good defense. You have to get – 
rebounds, whatever it might be that helps the team win in that way. But again, you know, you talked about it as well that these two teams, you know, they they're they're very familiar. You know, Fred Castro and Sugovar, they know each other very well. They're not not used to each other they've been around each other so they know what how each other play and i would expect both of them to have a game plan to try to stop it it's not like they haven't met this year before to play so yeah i mean i i expect it to be a closer game than maybe people think i think eastern michigan could hang inside of 10 points in this game until maybe the final five some minutes i, I at that point i see an urgency taking over from Miranda frost or a presley hudson if it really comes down to being that close i see them kind of taking over winning this game but i think it could be close until the near end of this game they played twice in the regular season the first time out cmu took them down by 10 the next time out beat them by over 25 points so we'll see how this third matchup goes but if they get past them you got to look to that game that's going to be on right after (laughs) cmu emu that's kent state buffalo winner is going to play presumably central michigan if they're able to get the win against the eagles and man that buffalo team that new rivalry i know it's it's a new rivalry. rivalry cmu has has taken them down. I mean, they, they, they beat them last year in the MAC tournament. So there's obviously going to be some bad blood. They beat them twice in the regular season. season this year once was kind of sure. a blowout. The other one was 105 to 95. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll be a matchup. I don't really know if you can predict that one. I think it's kind of just one of those up in the air battles where it's going to be Sierra Dillard, um, the star player for the bulls going up against the big three. And you know, it's going to be up to if she can keep up. Well, what, what did we just talk with Keno Davis about last night? You don't want to play, your rival for a third time in the season. I know this is technically like a Western and Central rival, but this is a this is a talent rival. These teams are both blood. good. Yeah. Exactly. They're both around. And they know they're good. You don't want to play them a third time. I mean, I feel like if you're Buffalo right now, you feel like you figured something out in that second half when Central Michigan had that big lead and they kind of came back. You, you could have looked at that and been like, we're going to see those guys again in March. Like, we know we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to play them again. Let's feel good about this half, even though we lost this game. I mean, I know that they're probably like, oh, we still lost, but take that take something good from that half and know that we figured something out they're going to try to apply that to this this potential matchup let's say potential probably will happen <laughs> um that matchup they're going to take everything that they have at central michigan if they get a chance to play them again and i would not be shocked to see cmu lose that game not going to say they will i'm just saying that would not be a surprise i don't think either one of us if that was the end result it's very two, inter- two very good coaches what's well, very interesting too if you look at espn and in their you know bracketology that they do for the women's tournament um, the, the most updated one was was as of yesterday or, or Sunday. So all the games were played. The seedings were obviously already already set in stone. And Charlie Cream, the guy who does it for ESPN, he had CMU, Buffalo, and Ohio all making the NCAA tournament. He has CMU winning the MAC tournament, but then Buffalo coming in. So I mean, you have to realize that. I mean, he obviously looked at it. He looked at he looked at the bracket. And he said, all right, CMU, I have them winning. So I have Buffalo losing in the semifinals, and I'm still going to put them in the in the tournament. I think that just says so much about speaks volumes it speaks volumes about the MAC. And then, yeah. you know, he also looked at it and he said, All right, well, if Central goes to the finals and so does Ohio, and I have Central winning. So Ohio loses in the finals. I still got them. I, I just think that that's crazy yeah. and, and unbelievable. But it's at the same time, it does of. speak volumes. <laughs> So that's why I think, you know, you you look at these matchups and yeah, while they're so important, it's it's it is nice to see the Mac getting some recognition cuz like we said, we've talked about that battle between CMU and Buffalo and yeah, they both made it last year. It was the first time two teams made it in the NCAA tournament uh, on the women's side and I I truly believe that no matter the outcome, they both deserve to be back. I think they both can win this game on any given mm-hmm. night. Yep. And for it to come in the semifinals, a little bit scary, but 
we'll see how we'll see how it plays out if that ends up actually being the match yeah for sure but it, i mean like you know play 10 out of 10 times you never know what's gonna happen between those two yeah. so i get exactly what you're saying and to see three teams getting the chance to be able to make the tournament does say a lot but when you have a team like central michigan do what they did last year i mean i think beating ohio state the big 10 conference champion on their home floor and what was a home game um in the ncaa tournament second round i mean that that'll do a lot for your conference right there in general and you're able to beat the the big bad people out of the big 10 you know that always get the recognition the and, and, yeah exactly talk about that so that's a a big win not not to pre- preview the other side too much we need to move on to the men's tournament here in a second but just looking at the teams that are still alive over there northern illinois ohio um, Miami of Ohio and then Toledo. Is there a team that you expect to really stick out over there and kind of make it to the the championship game and play against CMU potentially if they were to make it? Yeah, I mean it'd, it'd be Ohio and the Bobcats without a doubt. Um, but I, I I don't know, man. You look at Miami of Ohio and you got to watch out for Toledo. They're they're sneaky at that six. All right, they're sneaky. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a close game. If you told me if you told me today that Toledo was going to win that and you said you know I'm a fortune teller, I know. I wouldn't be that surprised. I wouldn't be scratching my head. For sure. All right. But Ohio, definitely a lock for the finals, I think. You know, I mean, even if, even if say, Toledo wins or if, if Miami wins, whoever wins in that bottom spot, I think Ohio's going to take them. I mean, they have too much momentum right now going into this tournament, and, and they've really proven themselves all year long. In my opinion, if I'm predicting it, I got a CMU-Ohio matchup, a one versus two. In the MAC. I, I just really see those two teams that are that are really standing out. And if we had to pick a MAC tournament champion, which I guess we will, I'll pick the Chippewas. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, if I had to see that working out, I'd, unfortunately, I'm not going to be any different from you in this boat. I'm, I, I'd pick the same exact thing. I'm definitely going to go with the one and two seed. I know it's very, very, like, you know, particular of us to think something will probably happen that will make that not happen. We'll probably both be wrong, to be completely honest. But one versus two is what you have to go with, I think, in, in this kind of a tournament and this kind of a standpoint i think those are the two best teams in the conference they'll probably meet in the championship game if i had to pick who was going to win it i'd not take an a1 against Raina frost right now she is hands down i've watched her since i've she first got here pretty much she was a sophomore seen her grow into the uh, absolute i mean just she's a on the floor just a different player than anybody else is out there right now it's insane and with i mean not, not to take away from presley hudson how great she's been at all but you know a lot of the hype is built around her and the player that that she has become and everything um, to getting where she's at and it all kind of seemed like Raina Frost slipped on the rug maybe a little bit to mm-hmm. not be like the top dog um, I think that she I think she proved this year that she is back player of the year exactly she is that person and she's going to dominate this tournament without a question in my mind hey one versus two happened last year so it can't happen again this year right no yeah way. <laughs> right, no way. exactly it'll probably change we'll find see. a way but nevertheless th- this is the tournament I, I think the men's tournament has a little bit more of a, a controversy where something different could happen um in, in these games and when, when you look at central michigan playing against kent state that's a game that cmu took at home by 10 um earlier this year um and it was kind of almost a surprise to me just because i really didn't think that cmu could win a game like that that was when they were in like the middle of their we can't decide if we want to finish a game or if we don't want to and if we're going to win and then going on a losing streak and everything else they needed that win um at that point in the season they went out and got it um and so far in this team is real i mean okay they didn't win the mac they didn't take the mac west lead when they had a chance to beat Toledo they did lose that game then kind of fell after that in like a hangover type game where you really didn't feel right about it you know you know what I'm saying and that kind of feel but when they had to win against Western Michigan both these games you know kind of keep them where they're at they got the job done in a tournament standpoint they got the job done this team has played well with its back against the wall when things really start to go south on them overall I'd say um towards the end of the season besides the uh the Toledo debacle 
Um, but nevertheless, I mean, they, they, they've proved that they're a team that can win. I think it's going to be regardless of close game because Jalen Walker can keep any game close. And we, we asked Sean Roundtree about it last night. Um, he kind of said, I mean, Jalen Walker's good, but he doesn't make Kent state. It's going to be Kent state versus central Michigan. And I don't know how much I agree with that because I think that Jalen Walker kind of proved in the matchup against central Michigan that if he's not on, he is all they got. If yeah, if he's not on, I mean, are they really going to be able to beat central Michigan? Are they going to be able to beat the attack of central Michigan um, with everything that Simi brings to the floor with Larry Austin and Sean Roundtree playing the way that they have the Rob Montgomery. That's also the biggest thing too. CMU hasn't had everything that they've had lately. If they don't have Rob, what, what would you, what would you take here? Okay. Matchup of teams outside of this. Oh boy. No Rob Montgomery for CMU or essentially no Rob Montgomery. He plays like he did the other night where he plays a few minutes in the first half or Jalen Walker not playing at his best. What's what's who needs what more in that situation? I think Kent state needs Jalen Walker playing at his best. hundred <laughs> percent. I don't think that's a question at all. I mean, it's a question. It's a question. Cause and without Rob Montgomery, CMU hasn't beat a but... team besides Western Michigan. So I, they lost to Northern Illinois and they lost to Toledo. Who's a team that's, you know, on top of the standings in that stand. Yeah. But I think so. you got to remember too, though, they have this guy, Larry Austin jr. And Sean Roundtree jr. Two guards that flip the switch and go to a different level. They're great. And we don't even know what the Cleveland level is yet. That's the fun thing that I'm looking forward yeah, to for sure. is, is no, I mean, true though, right? right? We know what the level is when it comes down to crunch time in the Mac. We know what it's like when they're playing at the home floor, but like you said, March comes and you're playing your home floor and you know, it's do or die. But at the same time, it, it's like, it's, it's, you're not really there yet. You know mm. what I mean? It's almost like, it feels like a playing game, even though it's a first round game. And you look at guys that, I mean, you, you take whatever conference you have, I mean, you have guys that, that go to Indianapolis and they play, you know, in, in, in the big 10 tournament, or you have them go ABC name, a big city. They go and play their Madison square garden. I, I don't, I don't really care where it is, yep. but they go and they play there. And you kind of just see that intensity change. There's there's more dog. There's more fight. And that's what I'm looking forward to is who is the Quicken Loans Arena, Sean Roundtree? Who is the Quicken Loans Arena, Larry Austin Jr.? And, and it might be something that's inside of them they don't even know they have yet. That's going to come out. You know, they might have just even a little bit more in the gas tank that we haven't seen. True. That's what I'm looking forward to. But I, I do think Rob's important. And I think having Montgomery in there is is key. But if you can shut down Jalen Walker, you're going to win the game. I exactly. Mean, you're going to win. You can win the game, but I just wonder how much or how much importance it is to shut him down to have him in the game because he gets so many rebounds for him and he does so much that if you give Jalen Walker any kind of second chance opportunity to bring the ball back out, you're asking for, I mean, death. And that, that was point. the problem against Western Michigan. You have a yeah. seven footer and Seth Dugan inside Dugan and just, just tipping it out, tipping it out. And, and there that, were so many seconds. That's chances. a much less talented team. He's not tipping it out to anybody that's Jalen Walker. So it's a much less, I, much less talented player as well. I, I just think Rob Montgomery is essential to the central Michigan basketball team. I've been saying that for months. And I, if they don't have him in the lineup at, or if he can't go to play healthy, I mean, he's got a couple more days. He was already getting game time the other night. I think it was more of a caution to not play him the whole time. Cause they were kind of like, if we can't beat Western, then we probably shouldn't be going to Cleveland anyway, right? Well, you like, saw how soon he checked in, right? Yeah, exactly. Things like were kind of looking like look like things were looking like crap. Okay, mm -hmm. they were looking pretty bad early, and yeah. they they tossed him in real quick, got control of the game, sat him down for sure, brought him in for for a minute or two, and then sat him back down. No big deal. I think if I, now I really do believe though, if that game stays tight and they feel like they don't have any grasp on that game, like Kino said that he felt like he didn't have early in the game, the game he said against, he felt like yeah. he said he was like oh my gosh they're shooting 20 percent from the field man i mean it was it was atrocious but i think but i think if they continue to shoot 20 percent, i think 
he finds more minutes. I think once they knew they had a handle, they decided to sit him down. So I wouldn't be shocked if he started. I think he I wouldn't start. be shocked. I, think I wouldn't be play, shocked. He should start. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked mindset. if he played 32 minutes. Yeah. I really wouldn't. No, exactly. I think if I think if he can play, full go. I mean, you at this point, again, this is do or die. You lose, you don't go, you don't keep playing. So got to keep him in the game if you can, if it's a possibility. But I mean, nevertheless, it's, it's it's important. But when you look at these offenses, I mean, they're both pretty high up there. Central Michigan's the second best offense in the conference at 82 and a half points per game. Kent State comes in at 74.9. That's still a pretty big gap, though. I mean, CMU's averaging almost seven more points a game than them, even though they're close in the standings. So Central Michigan clearly is the uh, the better offense there, but neither one of these teams are very very good at defense. So, I mean, when you look at it on paper, the seeding sure might or gives Kent State the favor, but on paper, CMU offensive and defensively, I mean, sure, Central Michigan's like one of the worst teams on defense in the conference is what it kind of shows at 70, 75 and a half points per game, but it just doesn't feel like that when you watch Central Michigan play. I don't know what it is. I mean, for a half, they seem like they don't play, but then when they get in their zone and they start playing defense, they start getting gritty and getting that mentality that we're going to steal everything from you. And Larry Austin starts giving uh, pressuring the ball and getting the turnovers that he gets. I mean, CMU goes after the ball and makes points out of turnovers. That's one of the best things they're, they're good at doing. Um, that's where their defense kind of changes for me, where stats can be deceiving. I think they've been a much better defensive team this year than they've been in the past. I mean, I know, again, it's hard to believe when you see them at 11th in the standings down there, but overall, I just I think when you watch them actually play in person, they seem a lot better, and I think that's going to be an important matchup in this game again is, you know, obviously not just stopping Jalen Walker, but being able to keep Kent State around their average at 74 points per game, maybe a little bit under that at 70. I think that they can do that. CMU can outscore them or win this game easily because of how effective their offense is regardless and Dallas Morgan Matt Beachler and Romello Burrell those are three guys that I think in this game are huge can they come off the bench and give you any kind of points you know Dallas Morgan's probably gonna hit a couple three-pointers but what can Matt Beachler and Romello Burrell do for this team especially if Rob Montgomery needs a blow because he hasn't played a full game in a while or if you know Matt Beachler needs to come in because Dave DeLeo gets in foul trouble which he finds himself doing a lot because defensively he's a liability I'm just gonna throw it out there he hasn't been mm-hmm. good for years so when you look at it in that way I think those three bench guys are essential to this this team. Yeah, and just looking at, you know, we talked about it a little bit, you know, off the podcast, but the Ken Palm rankings, obviously those are always interesting to look at. They basically take every stat you could basically ever imagine, kind of throw it into one. and somehow it's the it gets, stat system in basketball. And, and somehow honest, it gets so. kind of jumbled up in this, you know, cotton candy machine, and then all the numbers <laughs> pop out and it just all works out. Somehow it works but, out. Just to break down kind of where we're at here. Now, this was coming into the tournament. This was before anything anything happened, um, you know, as far as first-round games go. But, um, you know, chances to make the final Buffalo, you know, to obviously 82.7% to get to the championship game. Toledo, 658 Bowling Green, 214 Then a major drop-off to Kent State at 8%. And then Central Michigan, a 4.9% chance to make the final. And that Kent, that Kent State team is is one above them but i mean man not giving them a lot of odds but I, but I think that the thing that's interesting is that just the fact that this team is so streaky mm-hmm. in a way that you know they can string a couple together and they can make magic happen and, and I I mean, they can you you, you've seen it i've seen it i think if anybody's been watching this team this year they've seen it as well and, and i and you know the, the nice thing too is you have an opportunity where you beat a rival then you upset a, a four and I think a five beating a four is kind of an upset, but not not as much. But you get my point. Yeah. And then you got Buffalo. Buffalo's coming off one MAC tournament win, and it'd be against Akron when they beat them. Yep. 
So, I mean, I, I like the fact that CMU kind of had this tune-up first-round game. They got to feel the energy a little bit, yeah. and then they get to taste I, it in Cleveland. I tried to I make like that it. point last night. You know, when we asked some questions, they kind of just said, it doesn't really matter. We just had to do what we had to do to get there. But I think it does help you because when you get when you just sit around and don't play for that many days in a row, I mean, it really can throw you off your game. I mean, it's, it's been shown time and time again in all sports. Ask them the same question after the Kent State, State game, game if they, if win. they win. Yeah. See what they say. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, I think – Overall, it's a good thing. Sometimes, I mean, shoot, I'm, I'm not trying to bring up uh, the other the other schools in the state, but look at Michigan basketball the past couple of years. They've been a team that has had to go four games in four days. You don't think that first day helped them at all when they had to win when they had to win that game that they mm-hmm. started out and played before some of the other teams they played when they were underseeded? I think sometimes that's why you see upsets in basketball is because of those kind of things. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting to look at the team you had to play that game first instead of Kent State and to see what the result is of the game on Thursday. So looking at the lower end of the bracket, just for a quick second, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, our first round games, just to go through them real quick, Akron beat Miami, CMU obviously beat Western Michigan, Northern Illinois beat Ohio, and then Ball State, an 11 seed, took down number six, Eastern Michigan That's an upset. to set them up with a date for Bowling Green. Eastern Michigan. What I know. Happened this year? What I happened know. this year? Projected to win the match. They lost West. it, man. They just lost it. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, great lineup, too. I mean, all the way around us, the length they had inside it was almost unfair. And it's like they just fell apart. Right. Besides Buffalo, take Buffalo out of this equation. They almost feel like the Golden State Warriors of the MAC with the lineup that they bring. Yeah. They kind of do. I mean, they just kind of feel like that star studded team. CJ Massey has a chance to be somebody, too. Obviously, so. besides Buffalo, though. We're not talking Buffalo. I'm talking Eastern Michigan, just like the lineup that they bring. But Anybody in that bottom portion that you see as a serious, serious threat? Anybody that CMU wouldn't be able to knock off if they were? You're talking about the teams that won in the playing game, pretty much. Or the yeah, first, I mean, the first I mean, who, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, whoever's left in the bottom section. We're talking if this, if CMU somehow magically makes it oh, to the championship, championship game. Is there any team over there that you think that they truly just don't have any shot against? No. Well, to me, there's not a team in the MAC they don't have a, not have a shot against. I mean. Buffalo, obviously, pretty tough game. Um, but Bowling Green, no. Bowling Green has kind of fallen off towards the end of the year. That team of Central Michigan could have definitely beat. They had a huge lead against them. They played them on the road at their own place. Blew it. But the same thing, I mean, the same thing with Buffalo. They had a Central Michigan had a 21-point lead against Buffalo on the road at one point. That's just something I want to I want to throw out there um, and something to think about. But, yeah, now looking at the bottom half of the bracket, I mean, Ball State, that's obviously a team that probably won't make it past their next game. I mean, good for them getting the win over Eastern, but I don't see them winning again. But, honestly, the one team that I think scares me in this tournament more than anybody else is Toledo. And maybe that's because I'm biased and watching them play in that game when they played against CMU and they kind of shut down Central. But with the way that CMU was playing at that time of the year, I mean, they were just on the up. No one could stop them. And CMU had a slow start to that game, but they made one of their runs where Sean Roundtree started hitting threes and Larry Austin hit a couple of layups and got an and one foul and did his antics on the floor and the whole crowd was into it. And it was a loud atmosphere. And Toledo came together as a team and answered everything CMU had after that. I don't think anybody in this conference plays better as a team than Toledo. I think that they have a great team. That's led by Jalen Sanford. That's why I think he did deserve to be in that, that Mac first team, even though his stats aren't as great as they are. Individually, that guy is the biggest reason why they are where they're at. He is all around a great player. I think what Sanford does that maybe not as many others do in this in this conference specifically is he allows it to be a team game realizing when he needs to take over, he will. You yep. see it with CMU sometimes when 
you know, Sean or Sean, Sean Roundtree or Larry Austin, they just try to take over, right? Yep. And they don't play that team game, and you see a couple missed layups, and you see you see some issues there. Yep. And then they kind of get back to that that team mentality. But I think Sanford's so good at turning on and off that switch. He knows when it's his time to take his man one on one. He knows when it's his time to to go off and put some points on the board. But at the same time, then he's so good at just saying, "All right, I'm going to take a step back." And instead of me forcing something after I made a couple buckets, I'm still going to look for the open man. I think that's what he does really well. I think that's why Toledo's so good. For sure. And we'll see what happens with that tournament. But nevertheless, you know, at some point in this tournament, it'll probably come down to one shining moment at some point. You know what I'm saying? It'll probably come down to that. <laughs> hey, man, it is all on the line. It'll, it'll, it'll come down to that one shining moment when you reach for the sky, you know? like the, the, I'm not... Wait, am I making this up right in, now or is this lyrics? Time? Oh, yes. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. Or you can lose it all in the blink of an eye. The ball is tipped. <laughs> and here we are in Cleveland, Ohio. Running we'll, for our lives. We'll, we'll see what happens, guys. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast again. It, it should be should be a good one um, for up this, this upcoming week. We'll have all the coverage for you guys here on Central Michigan Life. Um, keep up with us throughout the week for multiple multiple stories that I'm sure we can't wait to write and tell regardless. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening.